The Bible reading today is taken from Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 9. The devout Roman centurion Cornelius, following a vision of an angel from God, has sent three of his servants to find Peter. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. We continue at verse 36. This is the following day at the house of Cornelius, the centurion. And Peter is speaking. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened through the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Clive, for uh, leading us through that, uh, that passage. Uh, certainly when it's broken into bits, it's very helpful for you to uh, put it into context. So thank you very much. Why are you here this morning? A serious question. Why are you here this morning? While you think about that, we'll pray that you may get an answer. 
Heavenly Father, we do thank you for drawing us here this morning. We thank you for this passage. We thank you uh, for the life and excitement of it. And we pray that as we look at it very briefly, that you may open our eyes, hearts and minds to engage again with your love and purpose for our lives. In your name, Amen. I do ask that uh, seriously. Why are you here this morning? Sometimes when you look back at your life, you're able to see how things sort of draw together uh, and come together to create that special moment, that special point uh, at a special time. And we have one of those uh, passages this morning where God's hand is at work. This is... Uh, For me, a most exciting moment, because this is one of the passages that has meant so much to me uh, in my life. Um, And probably I'd prefer to spend a whole day looking through it with you. Uh, And we have, if I'm looking at Doug, probably only 20 minutes. Otherwise, he gives me a wave. So, 20 minutes. This is a passage of divine hands inspiring people of supernatural events, of belief and faith in action, all coming together at the same point, so that God's purposes may be fulfilled. Now, when I was uh, 15, 15, 16, I don't think I'd knowingly ever been inside a church. Um, I hadn't even been allowed to go to my grandmother's funeral, um, because they didn't think it was appropriate for me. Uh, I, I think I was 12, 11... 10, 11, something like that. Uh, I started going to uh, a youth group. I then went inside a church because the youth group was attached to a church. I knew nothing about it whatsoever. Uh, I then met a girl. How often does that happen? The girl was uh, a church warden's daughter, so I went to a different church. I found out that loads of people from school went to that church. uh, And they were different. They were actually really nice people. Uh, And they cared about each other and they talked to each other and they looked after each other and I thought, wow, this is different. And I found myself at St. Saviour's and the rest, as they say, is history. But so many different angles coming together to bring me to that point at one time. I knew nothing of the Bible. Nothing. I knew nothing of the people of Israel. But I had a sense that God loved me, and that was good enough. I was fortunate then to go through their youth group, and uh, I started uh, helping sometimes and uh, doing some of their sort of sessions. Uh, And what really struck me, time and time again, when we looked at people of the Bible, is that they, they had the same pattern. They approached things in the same process. It was L H T O. That was one of the first talks I ever gave. It's L-H-T-O. Listen, hear, trust and obey. I've never forgotten it. Uh, Probably because it was the only first rational thought I'd had. But we'll come back to that. I just want to give you a little background first. Because you, like me, may know absolutely nothing uh, about the Bible. I I do know a little bit more now, just to put your mind at rest. Um, But for generations, the people of Israel had known that they were the chosen people. They had a relationship with their God. And as you read the Bible, it is God trying to interact with his people. 
He'd led them across the Red Sea. He'd led them through the desert. He'd led them into the promised land. They wanted people uh, to guide them physically uh, amongst their people. So he raised up kings and he appointed kings. He raised up prophets to bring them back on course when they went off track. He tried and tried over and over again through the Old Testament to keep that relationship alive. And that's what, it's just a story. But it's a real story about real people. But like us, they were forgetful. And centuries go by and they ignore their God. So ultimately he says, right, I've got to do something really dramatic here. So he allows his own son to come to earth to live and to teach and to example the presence of God amongst them and they kill him. That's okay for God because he knew that they would do it in order that he would rise again and forever allow the open door to, between us and God to have that relationship. And that is uh, the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant which the Bible talks about. The Old Testament conveniently situated in the Old Testament and the New Testament so that we know that when the New Testament comes it's the time of Jesus Christ and the furthering of that relationship through Jesus Christ but it was still for the Jewish people the chosen people but there were some outside of that Jewish culture who knew God and they believed in him Uh, and we even saw that on Thursday those of you uh, who were with me on, on Thursday at the communion here, how the, the, actually it was the enemies of God that very often saw him at work, believed his message and trusted in him. They trusted in the, in the God of Israel even when the people of Israel had forgotten. And Cornelius is one such person. We are told that he is devout and God-fearing. Now, I, I don't know what that means in this context, what his real understanding of, of Christianity as we would know it, might have been. But the thing is with Cornelius is that he was a Gentile. He is outside this covenant relationship with God. He is not a Jew. He is not one of the chosen people. And so we come to this dramatic story, and I just love this story. 1103 in your Bibles. Chapter 10. And I'm going to make up some uh, dates here. They're completely pretend dates. I could be completely accurate, of course. Um, I have a chance. But on a Monday afternoon at three o'clock, Cornelius is praying. And he has a vision. And he has a vision that he's told to go and seek Simon Peter, who is in Joppa. And after this vision, he goes downstairs, he gathers his servants together, he tells them a story and says, I want you to go to Joppa. And I want you to find Simon Peter because I really, really need to speak to him. Now Joppa is about 36 miles away from Caesarea. And these uh, poor servants are walking. So they set out the following day at about noon. So this is now Tuesday Uh, No, they set out on the Monday. They arrive at the house uh, of Simon Peter uh, at about noon. Well, just before noon, Peter 
had been prompted by God to go up and pray. It's one of his times of prayer. So he went up on the roof of the flat roof where he was staying and he starts to pray. And he has a vision and it's of a sheet being lowered. Now this is right on the coast apparently, this house. So some people say it was probably the sailcloth going by on the water in his mind. But it doesn't really matter what it is. This cloth is full of animals. And he hears this voice, go on Peter, go and eat. And he would have been hungry. It's noon, it's a hot day, and he's praying. And he sees these animals being lowered down in a sheet in his mind. And he says, no, I can't do that, they're impure. That would make me unclean. And he hears those words, verse 15, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So it happens again, and the same voice comes back. It happens a third time, and the voice comes back. And then the voice says, get up, there are some people coming to your door. So now we are at noon. The servants are approaching the door. Peter is coming down from the roof, and they meet. They eat with him. They spend Tuesday night with Peter. And on the Wednesday, they set off back to Cornelius in Caesarea and they arrive in Caesarea on the Thursday and Cornelius has gathered a whole group of people around him. They speak, we heard the words uh, because Clive read them to us uh, and he makes this declaration of all that Christ is and the Holy Spirit moves around those people and they're all speaking and praising They're speaking different languages as they are touched by the Spirit of God. Wow! This is exciting. L-H-T-O. Listen! And Peter and Cornelius both set aside time to listen. It's no surprise that things happen when you spend time with God. That's what God's about. He's a movie maker. Not in the sense of the film, he's a moving person. He moves you along all the time. You spend time with God, you don't sit still, you move. It's like any relationship. The longer you spend with someone, the more you know them. The more you hear, the more you find out, the more exciting it is. He is not a lucky charm that you put on on rare occasions. We had, Mary and I had a a, a desperate phone call one Sunday lunchtime actually from my my brother's wife, to say, we're at the airport, we will not get on the plane until you pray for us. I I didn't quite understand what that meant at the time, but she was so nervous, she wanted us to pray for her before she could get on the plane. And we we thought, well, that's, that's real engagement from her. I'm not entirely sure it was. I think it was more of a lucky charm that unless we prayed, she wouldn't get on the plane He's not something that we hide away until we need him. These men, Peter and Cornelius, they took time, they invested time in getting to know God. They listened. But they didn't just listen. There is a difference between listening listening and hearing. Because we can listen and we can hear lots of noise around us. If you go into a, you know, a, a reception in an evening, there'll be people all around the room and you'll be speaking to one person, Fergal, I'll hear your voice. But there'll be lots of other voices around, but I'm not listening to them because I'm speaking to you. 
And sometimes we can listen and we don't hear. But these people, they heard. They saw visions and they didn't dismiss them. They didn't believe it was simply a dream or a nightmare. It wasn't wishful thinking. They weren't drunk. They weren't being silly. They heard a voice and they thought, I am spending time with God. This voice is God. Of course, speaking isn't just hearing a voice as well, or, or hearing rather isn't just hearing that spoken voice. It, sometimes we have pictures, we have feelings, we have an overwhelming sense of God's presence sometimes. I think I've told you before, of a, uh, just before I was ordained, we were on a retreat uh, and we, ha- we spent an hour in what they call soaking prayer. Literally, we were lying on the floor with music Uh, And we were just meditating and just allowing God to speak to us. Uh, And as a group, we prayed together. And I'm not one for visions. I think I've told you this before. But in my mind, there was a a lady in front of me, directly in front of me as we were praying. Uh, And I had this picture of water being poured out of a window into a bowl. And uh, I just thought, "This this is not normal for me. But I have to say something. Uh, and as we were praying, I, were, I was praying over her this vision. And she completely collapsed. And then when she got up, she said, Do you know, I was thinking, in the church where I am, my biggest ministry is amongst young women with children, and my ministry is baptism. And you've just confirmed to me that my ministry is real. The night before we were to be ordained. That wasn't me. But for once, I listened and I heard. And then what's more, I trusted. I trusted what God was saying. And so I said something. God has a plan. And he knows that for Peter and for Cornelius, it is bizarre. I'm going to tell you to send your servants 36 miles away to find a man that you've never heard of in a house which you've never seen, in a village which you've probably never been to, and I want you to bring him back so that you can have a chat. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Why are you here this morning? It's ridiculous. Why did you come? You see, for Peter... This was a Jew. He was a Jew. He did not associate with Gentiles. He did not welcome them into his house. He was not allowed to eat with them. He was not allowed to offer them accommodation. No sleepovers between Jews and Gentiles. It didn't happen. But Peter allowed it to happen. Because he'd had a word from God. He'd listened, he'd heard, and he trusted Do not call anything impure that God has called clean. This was the meaning of the phrase for him. This was his moment. It's not for you to see them in an adequate or undeserving way. Listen, hear, trust, and then obey. Because we need to follow through with what we're asked to do. Is it not interesting that this is in Joppa? What else happened in Joppa? Do you not remember a young man and a whale? Jonah had his calling when he was in Joppa and he ran in the opposite direction. Peter has his calling in Joppa and he says, it's it's okay. 
This is from God. And I'm going to do it. He didn't judge. He didn't condemn. He welcomed the servants. He welcomed Cornelius. He went with them. He spoke to them. He converted them. And this was the first time. That's why I get so excited. This is the first time the Gentiles are admitted into the covenant with God. At least amongst men, God always had that purpose. He always had love for all people. But this is the first time that the people of God have said, actually, we're not going to shut the doors. They're just open. If you love God, please come in. And then uh, in Acts 11, Peter goes off and tells the other disciples to do the same thing. That the Gentiles are now part of the kingdom of God. So, listen, hear, trust and obey. And for us, what does that actually say to us for our day, day to day? Do you know anyone that is marginalised? That could come in a variety of forms, couldn't it? It could be someone at work that just actually sits in the corner and is not part of the fold. It could be someone that's just sitting at home lonely. It could be someone from overseas. It could be someone who's disadvantaged in some way. Perhaps they're ill. Perhaps they suffer from depression or something else. Are you the person that they speak to? Are you the person that they confide in? Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This could be your moment. It could be their moment. Because... God has called you. We are amazed and sometimes we are overwhelmed by that love of God that even though we are who we are and don't, again, don't let this ridiculous collar get in the way. I am no better than anyone here. Worse than many of you. But God has asked me to speak to you this morning and so I will. We are all in need of the love of God. And sometimes I'm overwhelmed by that love of God. But does that mean that your neighbour can't equally be overwhelmed by the love of God? Of course not. Do we have, therefore, any prejudice, any no-go areas? Because I think God this morning is asking us to expose them. What are your no-go areas Where is it that God is calling us to speak truth and love? And sometimes we know that God is speaking to us because we feel uncomfortable. We feel prompted to do something. We feel as though we should go to Cali, but we don't really want to. Yet actually, how exciting when we do. Because we know God is speaking to us. The passage this morning is about moving on, both personally and corporately. Uh, And of course, one tends to follow the other. Because Debbie is continually, has been continually challenging us over this last year to change our lives, to change our lifestyle, because of the faith we have in God. And that works out in our church. This church is a really, I said it again on Thursday, it's an exciting place to be. Because God is moving. God is touching people, affecting people, changing them. 
because of his ongoing love for them. We can't always do the things that we've always done because God isn't like that. He's a movie God and he's always moving. If we hear the word of God and we sense his guidance, who are we to deny his path? And there will be some things that we do individually and as a church that needs change. We're getting larger and so we need to change how we do things. Therefore, we will try new things. I felt quite affected the other day when several of us were talking with with Debbie and we came to the view that actually Cafe Church has got to change. Now, after we had Alpha, I sort of started Cafe Church and Debbie asked me to make it my thing. So it was my thing. But Cafe Church at that time came out of Alpha. So it was lighter. It had a, 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 a depth of song that we wanted. We wanted to extend our worship. We wanted to extend our discussion. We wanted to extend the times that we reach in and challenge each other and challenge God. And it was exciting. But as time has moved on, so actually the, the musical element of that has become less and less important. And sometimes we don't go because we don't really want that bit of it, but we want the discussion. So actually we feel that God is saying to us, that needs to be a discussion. The whole evening will be about engaging with each other and engaging with God to find out the truth. So that's where Cafe Church is going. And at the same time, we felt that encounter isn't quite, it's not really one thing or the other. So at the same time, we felt, well, actually, encounter should be a time when we do worship. And and worship is silence, just as well as it's loud noise. It's meditation. It's prayer. It's contemplation. It's engaging with God on a very individual level. And so God is speaking to us. And so we'll change. And I found that quite hurtful at first. But who am I to stand in the way of God? Sometimes it's painful if we're to follow the path that he set for us. So let's ask ourselves this morning. How does God want me to change? What is he asking of me? Is there someone he wants me to get alongside Is there something that he wants me to do? Who is it that we know that wants to come to our Christingle service or our carol services that are coming up shortly? What about Coffee on the Green or Seniors Thursday or whatever it might be? How does God want me to play a part in his kingdom? This week, will you listen? Will you hear? Will you trust And then will you obey? Because for Peter and Cornelius, this was a changing point in history because they did those things. This is a really dramatic change in the course of the gospel. And we also can change the course of history if with God we listen, we hear, we trust and we obey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for challenging me again. Very personally, 
about where I am, what I'm doing, how much I want to give for you and do for you. And I just pray, Lord, that this morning, what, the silly things that I've said may be forgotten, but the, the important things that come from you would be in our hearts. That we would hear your voice. That we would see your path. And we would have the strength and obedience to walk in it. So, Lord, this week, Please lead each one of us, we ask. In the name of your Son, and in the power of your Spirit, we pray. Amen.